Hey guys, welcome back. You are on with the Dull Crayons. I'm Gabriel Zuger. And I'm Julian. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, recording live on uh, January 2nd. First day of school for some. Back. Not for everybody. But for most. For most. For public school. Oh, do private All schools. my public school heads in the house. Do private schools take more time off? Private schools do. Private schools typically will take two weeks off at this time, but then not have a February break. So they like... Private schools like a longer break. Public school likes a shorter, more frequent break. But wait, uh, the February break... They, what is that for? Public schools will call that the midwinter recess. It comes during President's Week. So instead of just taking the first two days, President's Day, uh-huh. and whatever the second fucking President's Day is, week. they do the whole week. Hmm. But private school will do two weeks in the winter, President's Day, and then two weeks for spring break. And private schools, do they have a minimum number of days that they have to have kids in school for? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's unified. Oh, I'm sure legally they they have some guiding principle, like state to state, probably. Hmm. Um, Actually, that's funny, because we're going to get into that in terms of days that you have to be in school later from a legal perspective. Oh, wow. It almost sounds like I was foreshadowing. Almost. (laughs) That almost sounded planned. Uh, Good thing we know it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, January 2nd, we are in 2018, and I, I want to bring a, a holiday report, uh, just, just part of how I spent my, uh, my holiday break. By the way, how was your break? How was your holidays, New Year? They were good. They were pretty good. relaxed. Good. Just stayed here in New York. Nothing super special. Yep. Same Z's. Yeah. So I both saw... Both of our partners happen to be traveling at the moment. Ugh, fucking vacation, yes. Vacation from life over here. Well, I just meant that, like, I do a whole lot less when uh, my partner's not around. Oh, I do. I do almost nothing. Except for apparently go to the movies by myself. A whole bunch. Uh, That's pretty cool. Which is how I got to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. Which I know you've also seen, right, Julian? I did see Star Wars The Last Jedi. Okay, so I'm not going to go through all my notes, although I was, uh, I'll say, taking some notes, uh, both mental and physical. In Wait, in physically you were taking notes? All right, so I was I was doing a little bit of note-taking on my phone, but I, I, had really? dimmed, I had dimmed the screen all the way down, and I was sitting in, like, basically the front row so that, like, nobody could see what I was doing. The point is you go all the way to the back row if you're taking notes. Either way, nobody's fucking looking at you. All right. Um... But, uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, some notes I was just taking on just like shit that annoys me about Star Wars. Like, uh, you know, Leia flying through space. Like, I don't know what the fuck the deal is with that. But What do you mean? Why Why does that bother you? Because we've never established that characters can just fly through space <gasps> oh, in the Star Wars realm. There's a scene in Star Wars where she gets blown out of a into the vacuum the cold dark void of space and it looks and like instead she's of dead, dying and somehow she floats herself i guess with the force that's what we're meant to believe but it's very weird the whole thing was weird also it felt like as you probably all know Carrie Fisher is dead oh she dead it felt 
that's an opportunity to just have her be dead. Not only that, there was another opportunity to have her dead too. Oh yeah, towards where the end. towards the end, right? Yeah, I the whole movie I was waiting for how they were gonna write her out of the movie. Oh, and it, they could have done it to me in the most brilliant, perfect way. And those who have seen Star Wars will will know what this way was. You mean um, the, at the the one towards the end? The one towards the end when she's on the escape pod. I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about her and Laura Dern. Can I say that without, like, spoiling the movie for anybody? Well, I guess so. we're going to spoil it because I, I don't have the patience. I really don't give not. a fuck. But, so, you're saying that sh- instead of Laura Dern staying behind... It, it should have been General Leia, absolutely. Well, the, the problem is, though, in order to have the scene where she's like, no, I'm going to stay behind, they would have had to... <laughs> have known Carrie Fisher was going to this die. This is what my father also said. He was like he was like, "Well, was she already dead? Like was there time to refilm the movie?" And it's like, "No, don't refilm the movie. I Just suspect, film it right the first time, you fox." I suspect that it's that they've already shot scenes with her in the third installment. I'm sure they were doing like yeah, a yeah, yeah, shooting yeah, schedule yeah, yeah. and they've figured out a way to kill her in the third movie that like that they <sighs> think is more satisfying than well, good luck now, assholes. That's all I've got to say to them. Good luck now. But anyway, I want to get to my hot take, because I do have a hot take on this Star Wars. And it's not just about Star Wars. This is totally in keeping with our theme of education and, and educators. And really, I'm going to go with this one on accountability. So in this Star Wars, we learn a bunch about the, the past of uh, Luke's Jedi Academy and his time uh, in uh, teaching the young ward, uh, Ben uh, Solo, right? Later to become uh, Kylo Ren. And what we learn is that while Kylo Ren, while Ben Solo was under the tutelage of Luke at his Jedi Academy, one night Luke sneaks into his hut, his hut where he sleeps by himself, and there is an altercation in which Ben uses the Force. Lightsabers are drawn. Ben uses the Force. Ben thinks Luke has died. Ben then goes and kills everybody else in the Academy. And he later becomes Kylo Ren. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, there is something so fucked up and creepy about this fucking scene. And everything in it. What, a teacher breathing heavily standing over their young student? Absolutely. And at first, I'm thinking, okay, so clearly the story is he went in there, he's molesting Ben Solo, and then Ben Solo fights back. And Right. But then what I realized is that's not what it was. It's almost that, but it's not. See, because what Luke later explains to Rey is that, like, he could see, you know, something turning in Ben, right? He could see a change. He could see darkness happening in Ben. And what I realized it was is that Luke had been fucking and molesting, raping and molesting everybody at the Academy, right? Including Ben. But what he realized in Ben was that he was going to rat him out. And not only was he going to rat him out, he was going to rat him out to General Leia, you know, an Mm. actual military authority figure. And Luke's sister. And Luke's sister. And this was going to be fucked up. So he had to silence Ben, right? And this is when Ben uses his power, right, to free himself. 
But then realizing what's happened and realizing that his peers, you know, are never going to be able to have the, the mental wherewithal to overcome this thing. And nor does he, right? Because he goes so fucking crazy because of this. He decides, I'm going to put them out of their fucking misery. And he just kills everyone else who had ever been molested by Luke. So to clarify, you see the Star Wars tales as like the story of the Jedi's as like the Catholic Church. I mean, and it's the, a pretty easy comparison. The Sith Lords as the Spotlight crew from the Boston Globe. Well, no, the Sith Lords aren't the Spotlight crew. I mean, the, the Sith Lords are like the Sith Lords are the ones who are saying that Jedi's are all fucked up. No, 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 because because what happens later? No, 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 because what I see later too, right? It goes on, right? Is that Luke says. Luke says to Ray, I'm never going to teach another Jedi, right? Because he decides, I've got to get rid of this whole cult, right? Because the whole cult is bad. You know, it's been happening for generations. It's in these fucking books in this hollow tree on this island. I've got to burn this tree and get rid of it. And he's conflicted, right? He wants to get rid of it. He never wants to teach another student. And then what does he see when he's, when he's talking to Ray and he's saying, fuck you, never again? Then what does he do? He sees Ray doing a solo, right, with this javelin, with this staff, right? She's oh, like she's training on She's her training, own. right. She's doing this solo scene, you know, with this metal object. I thought you were saying she's like doing a Han solo. No, no, no. Like, what I'm I'm trying to use I'm trying to use like rakish anti No, no, no. I'm trying I'm trying to use like porn terminology because she's doing a solo scene. Like this is he's watching her and he's getting hot basically like watching her masturbate, right? She's like Using this electronic tool, you know, the, I mean, come on, a, a, a lightsaber handle, like, pretty, pretty gimme for a dildo, right? Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, it's getting deep. I know Julian's rolling his eyes at me, folks. And, and then he's like, okay, now maybe I'm back into this. Like, maybe I could get that, you know, brought back into this, this uh, dark side over here. Um, and then... Wait, I thought he doesn't like the dark side. It's... Well, well, they're seduced by the dark side. You know, they're like... Because Luke has plenty of dark in him. You know, remember remember in uh, all of Return of the Jedi, it's him feeling dark side -y. Well, yeah, but my... But I thought, like, we're saying that the Jedi Order is, like, a... But what are they what always saying? Comet pizza. But what are they always saying? They're always saying there's a balance, right? You know, you can't have just the light without the dark. Like, it's about, like, how much do you hide the dark, right? How much do you push it away? I mean, really, it I sounds the sinner. It sounds yeah. It sounds sin, not the sinner. It also sounds like a you know like conservative, you know conservatives, you know trying to pray away the gay, like push away the gay. Like yeah, you can't you can't you can't indulge in those you know fantasies or those desires. Like you've got to like uh, fight it, fight it down as hard as you can. But Luke can't fight it, and he and he he gives in and he teaches Ray, and then there's that moment after she's been floating on the rock for a little bit that he like touches the rock he like puts his hands on this like pedestal that she's been sitting on and you can just sort of see this like satisfaction in him the whole thing's fucking creepy well i will say that like mark hamill has aged in a way and at least maybe it's the way that they do his makeup in the movie or whatever he it does make his his actions regardless of what they are, seem a little off and creepy. He's definitely, uh, he's like... They're not doing him any and favors. Gaunt and, like, uh, there's a... He's not trying to present well. 
They're not doing him any favors. Absolutely not. You know what I liked a lot? Talk to me. Though, is that, you know those little bird-like creatures? The furball things? Now, the reason I like them is because it turns out the only reason they exist in the movie is because on that island where they shot, loads of puffins live on that island, and they couldn't get shots without the puffins in it, like, no matter how hard they tried. And so they just had to figure out a way to how to, like, digitally manipulate All right, that's kind of cute. I'll give you that. And so, like, so they created this creature and then inserted the creatures throughout the rest of the film. Well, now that's a little bit more fun, but only because I'm imagining, like, Chewy, like, shooing away puffins from the, you know, consoles of the Falcon. Well, I don't think... I'm sure the Falcon set... No, that's I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm kidding, because, right, obviously that wouldn't have been a part of it. But they but they added it to but that I, sequence. I, but it's just... It's a cool story of, like, oh, they had this, like, actual practical issue, and they figured out, like, well, wh- how can we get around this? And so they turned all the puffins into little weird whatevers. Listen, I'm just saying that. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I want to button this thing and let it go forever, you know... I don't care what kind of school you're sending your kids to. They could be gifted and talented schools. You know, they could be schools for mutants in upsta- in Westchester, New York. They could be schools for Jedi's. Just, you know, you want you want some accountability, right? Luke's problem. Don't be the only fucking teacher in your own school oh, for Jedi. Thing is like, don't, you need witnesses, people. You need power your, in numbers. Just don't send your kid to. A school that's run by a religious cult. Well, that like, too. I'm things, good with that know, too. The Jedi yeah. is like, uh, whether you, or not you believe they're a force for good in the universe, they're like, they are like a weird religious cult that closes themselves off from a lot of the world. No way that that doesn't have like bad. Effect. It really, it really makes you wonder. Also, like, why a school like that has to be something where, like, off world. Like, why do you have to send your kid to, you know, Is a boarding off-world? school? Well, like, I Han and Leia weren't like down the road, you know, waiting for Ben to run home. Like, it, it's some other planet. You know, they were, you know, come. I've got a temple over here. Like, well, I guess when you're pulling students from all parts of like the universe right because it's not yeah just like, all right that's fair you know maybe there's a possibility that one or two students live nearby the school but for the most part it's gonna be a boarding school all right i guess i guess you're right but still then i think their dorms should have ras and i think that like there needs to be a security guard at you know the front desk and they're not letting you in you know if you're uh, you know, a teacher or a guest after 8 o'clock. Well, yeah, and it's also like your weird warrior monk that teaches you how to be a warrior monk is not a parent. They're not actually teaching you how to, like, become an emotionally well-adjusted adult. Whether or not molestation is but there. But that's... Like, clearly, like, Luke is not there with the tools to give kids to become... Uh, anything other than emotionally but that's what i'm saying about like why does it have to be boarding school like really this is such a niche thing right it's basically like music lessons right like why can't it be an after school class you know let like because luke is literally the only jedi that's left it's not like you you have you can just call up kaplan for your jedi tutor but also didn't they only just ask him to do this because 
Leia wanted her son to be in this academy? Like, I like, don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. I might be reading too far into it. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know. Yeah. All right. That's the button, folks. Be weary. Uh, we are going to be right back with, with Oklahoma schooling cutbacks. Yep. And, and, a, uh, and a snack report. Yeah, after the snack report, our report on Oklahoma. <laughs> Stay tuned. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stank. I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it stank. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stank. I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it stank. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Okie dokie, alki, keep it low key like Thor, little bro, or he'll go blow the loudie. Saudi of sour Saudi, wily up off peyote, wildin' like that coyote. If I sip any any, my belly just might be outie. Pull up inside a huggy, start skiing, hutch a duggy. I just opened up the pack and an hour, I'll ask my lucky. Tonight she just yelling, fuck me. Two weeks she'll be yelling, fuck me. Used to like orange cassette tapes with Timmy, Tommy, and Chucky. And Chucky, Jesus, pieces, Jesus, pieces, sing Jesus, love me. Put Vizine inside my eyes so my grandma would fucking hug me. Oh, generation above me, I know you still remember me. My afro look just like that is, y'all taught me how to go hunt. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stand. I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it's dead. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stand. I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it's dead. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. A little something, but I don't inhale. Everywhere that I go, everywhere the guys, has it, uh, we're back whale. with the snack report. Um, and we've got another installment of Cheese It tryouts. Yeah, we're back on Cheese It's. Um, I know it's the only one we've done so far, but but this is a different type of cheese. It's, diff- it's a totally different type of Cheese It. It's not like we went from the toasty to the you know Italian, you know, for Italian cheese or you know the. The Colby Jack, like some of those shits, you don't even taste a difference. No, no, no. We went really off the beaten path here. I came across these in the supermarket, and I was like, okay, this has got to be the one. These ones are Cheez-It Grooves. Okay, so they're grooves. So that's that's a new texture to Cheez-It, right? And, and, and the new tagline is, best of Cheez-It and a chip in one. But not only that. But wait, there's more. They are grooves, but their flavor is zesty cheddar ranch. Mm-hmm. So I I believe that means they're cheddar Cheez-Its, cheddar groove Cheez-Its with like a cheddar uh, or with a ranch dusting. That sounds That sounds right. fair, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's try them. So we're going to try them. Also, Gabe, should we 
Should we do a uh, for future installments of the Snack Report? Should we set up a bracket and do? A, oh my God, we're so a, doing a bracket. A March madness of snacks. We're so doing a bracket. It probably won't be in March, but it's definitely not going to be in March. We'll come up with something else for the March bracket. We'll 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 come up with something even better for that. But yeah, we're definitely doing a bracket. Um, all right, so here we go, folks. We're gonna try. Julian's again rolling his eyes at me on this one. And they are not good. All right, so talk to me about this texture. Um, well, it's not like a Cheez-It. There's nothing Cheez-It about it. Um, it's, it's definitely more like a chip or like a flatbread cracker. Like, I want to say chip, but, like, you can't... You wouldn't use this for anything, it's right? It's not a tortilla chip, and it's not a potato chip. Like, it doesn't have standalone quality to it like that. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, a it's cracker. a cracker. Right. And it's a very bad ranch flavoring. It's terrible. I'm trying to find words to describe it that will, like, convey what it actually tastes like, but I'm, I'm at a loss at the moment. It's not cheddary enough. It's not ranchy enough. It's it's kind of bland. I really think that the texture takes over, and the fact is is that it, it, its texture isn't like interesting. Like the grooves don't do anything fun. It's sort of really just like a really thin, flattened out cheese. It right because like I think but of cheese it's as being like puffy and fun. Like there's something crunch to them that's like. But it's obviously a different recipe than like what's in the cheese it cracker. Oh yeah, it's not. Doesn't taste anything like a cheese it. It's a hundred percent different. I mean, I'm. I don't know why. Like, aren't they just another Nabisco brand or something? Like, I don't know why they didn't just like market this as something other than cheese it sunshine oh. brand. Like, because like, don't even call it that. I don't know. Yeah, but like when you went to the store like and you saw that it was a weird new Cheez-It flavor, you bought it, whereas if it was random Cracker X, you might not have. All right, that's fair. Right? Like, they're they're definitely using the name recognition, name recognition of Cheez-It to its benefit. But like we said, there's nothing recognizable about it once you open it up. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And you're right. Like, like, yeah, if it had been Nabisco, I would have said, like, they would have just renamed this something else altogether. But it's Sunshine. I don't know that Sunshine has the, like, cachet to just come out with a whole new... Oh, Cheez-Its aren't made by Nabisco. They're not Nabisco. They're Sunshine. Hmm. This episode brought to you by Sunshine. Hmm. Where do you go for your Cheez-Its? Sunshine. Julian's really analyzing the bouquet of this Cheez-It now. I don't know. I can't figure it out what the flavor actually is. I've got to wash it out of my mouth. It's really just sort of blah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's, uh... I kind of... I do like the grooves on it, strangely. Like, it's fun. It's sort of like... A washboard. Yo, it, it it looks and feels like a washboard, right? But I just I just don't know what that adds to my like eating experience. You know, it's fun to run your tongue along it. 
Like, like, like when Tostitos came out with like those dippers, right? Like, there's something to that. There's a functionality to it. Or like, you mean the scoops? Yeah, the, the scoops. scoops. Sorry, the scoops. And like, I can think of like, like uh, when Lay's does like ruffles. Like, there's something like. I don't know what's functional about ruffles. I don't know that. I don't think there is functionality, but I think there's something fun. There's some. There is a, a difference to the ruffles, and I just think this isn't enough of either of those things. It isn't fun enough or have enough functionality to, like, be different and be good. I think the function of the ruffles is it holds more salt on it. Oh, because they're salty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta go ruffles all the way if you're going Lay's to begin with. That is Lay's, right? I don't know if ruffles are Lay's. Ruffles. Taste the Lay's. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure? Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I'm not a big potato chip guy, personally. Nah, me either. I'm, just, I'm not a big potato <laughs> guy, period. To be honest, like, potatoes to me just taste like a tasteless, mealy apple. I've, I've got to end the snack report here before we go too far into potatoes and mealy apples. No, this these, is... This is not part of the snack report. I don't want to mislead the public. I feel like th- this is the first bit of gold we've hit on the snack report. <laughs> Mostly we've just been like, I don't really like these crackers. You think that you think But that, this is a real opinion. You think that saying potatoes are mealy apples is gold on the snack report. Yeah, it's a strong opinion. I stand by it. Uh what's your take on potatoes? See, I well, I mean I don't even like mashed potatoes. I mean, to me, like, yeah, there's something pretty boring about, like, Yukon Gold or, you know, just regular fucking Idaho potatoes. Oh, I love a sweet potato. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at is, like, when you get to, like, purple potatoes and sweet potatoes and, like, there's, like, 500 different varieties of potatoes. They're, like, a pretty, uh, I don't know, like, varied food group that, like... People, uh, I, I'll only speak to this country because it's the only one I know. Like, people in this country really only know them as, like, french fries, mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, you know, the the, the white stuff. But, like, there's so much more going on in potatoes. I, I don't want to write them out as a whole. Yeah. Uh, for, I would say there are very few exceptions to my dislike of potatoes. What about latkes? You like latkes? No. All right, we're done with the snack report. That's it. He hates latkes, people. Snack report over. I like applesauce. <laughs> and sour cream. As long as it's not mealy and tastes like a potato, he likes applesauce. Um, so we are... We are moving on to... Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Where the Sooner it? State. Is that what it is? It's the, the Sooner State. Fuck yeah. No, no, no. Hoosiers here um so it's it's come to our attention it's come to the podcast attention Dolcrans, you're in the Dolcran box um that oklahoma is doing something pretty interesting and i think they have been for a couple of years now they've gone to a four-day school week um which might strike people's fancy as like oh that's fun like yeah kids are in school too much or like Oh, yeah, everybody should have a three-day weekend. Fuck, I think everybody should have a three-day weekend. I think that's the official position of this podcast, is it not? That everybody should have a three-day weekend all the time? Yeah, I'm in favor. We're in favor. We're in favor of three-day weekends. We're in favor of siestas. However, that's not the case in Oklahoma. 
the case in Oklahoma is that they don't have the money, or at least they seem to think they don't have the money uh, for five days schooling, and they think that this is a cost-saving measure. So I'm going to read to Julian from the Washington Post now. This was written in May 2000, May 27, 2017. This is called, uh, With State Budget in Crisis, Many Oklahoma Schools Hold Classes Four Days a Week. Uh, Newcastle, Oklahoma. A deepening budget crisis here has forced schools across the Sooner State to make painful decisions. Class sizes have ballooned, art and foreign language programs have shrunk or disappeared, and with no money for new textbooks, children go without. Perhaps the most significant consequence? Students in scores of districts are now going to school for just four days a week. The shift not only upends what has long been a fundamental rhythm of life for families and communities, it also runs contrary to the push in many parts of the country to provide more time for learning and daily reinforcement as a key way to improve achievement, especially among poor children. Uh, But funding for classrooms has been shrinking for years in this deep red state as lawmakers have cut taxes, slicing away hundreds of millions of dollars in annual revenue in what some Oklahomans consider a cautionary tale about the real-life consequences of small government approach favored by Republican majorities in Washington and state houses nationwide. So, what's hitting you so far? Well, um... Oklahoma seems to be in a tough spot. It's, I mean, it's a pretty tough spot, but it also sounds like it's the spot they put themselves in, right? Like, that's what strikes me when I first read an article like this, is like, all right, well, you wanted taxes cut, and you know what taxes pay for, so, like, yeah, don't be surprised if, you know, your your potholes go unfilled, your your garbage isn't picked up, and your electrical grid sucks and your schools are shit. Like, you get what you pay for. So, I don't know. That's where I kind of go with this mm-hmm. off the bat. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I agree that if you don't generate tax revenue, you know, public services aren't as good. Yeah. Um... I don't know, it's so and like it feels like one it feels like one to me where it's like okay so they 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 think they've got a problem right they think they're not going to have enough money to afford you know whatever it is that they're spending on schools now like i don't know if i'm there i'm not i'm not saying like oh we should i know what we should do we should just do less i'm thinking like fuck that how can we hold everyone hostage to get more for this thing right like like i feel like People are just sort of going along with this. This was written in May of 2017, and I know that it's been going. I know that it had happened for at least a year and a half prior to that, and it's still going on now. People are just going along with it, and it's like they should be fucking picketing and striking. Parents should be, teachers should be, you know, know superintendents should be. Education. They should get their money. Education to me feels like one of those things that like everybody's super happy to like complain about but like people generally aren't super willing to like pay more taxes for like a the way that people pay more taxes for better education is by moving to high tax districts that have uh 
well reputed uh, schools like that it's really hard to like create new taxes for to fund education like yeah. the, the, the only way that people uh, submit to paying more taxes is by moving to places for educational purposes right like yeah uh, it's it's You're a right. strange thing yeah. where like it's really hard for people to run on but the so idea then that's, of education under the idea that they're going to raise taxes to create better. So then I think that's services. I think that's what's really sad here. Then is because I would then expect there to be like a drop in you know population or, or a, a, an increase in people fleeing the state, right? You know, knowing that their children aren't getting as good of an education as they used to be. You know, well, towards no, towards hard. greener pastures, which is hard, and I don't want to ask people to do that. That shouldn't be the right answer. But the sad thing is, is people probably weren't in Oklahoma for a good education to begin with. Like that's not it's not like people went there for it. And no, they uh, they moved there uh, in the land rush of eighteen eighty nine. Yeah, exactly. But um, wait, I've got I've got a I've got a. You know, when, you know, when Ben Harrison uh, proclaimed that unassigned lands open to settlement, uh, it was like April 22nd of 1889. Um, and, you know, like people lined up around like the borders of the Oklahoma district and they had to wait until the official opening. And the sooner clause yes. said that anybody who moved in before the official opening Get there could, sooner. Not, could not claim lands. And so that's why they waited. But like those oh. are the people who live in Oklahoma. That's wait. why they're called Sooners. Wait, they're called Sooners because they waited? Mm-hmm. Interesting. There was a Sooner Clause, which I think is the named... The Sooner Clause. So they're they're called Sooners, ironically, then. I guess. I don't know if the Sooner Clause was, you know, someone's last name. Oh, maybe it's someone's last name. To it's it, not or just... if it's, like, the Sooner Clause and the you word. can't move in sooner than... <laughs> uh-huh. But those are the people who live in Oklahoma. That's that's who's there. Yeah, get get that land, stay stay for the next uh, century and a half. Yep. Yeah, I though like uh, you know the people I know who have like moved to places for better schools are people who have moved like from a urban area to like a wealthy suburban area to get access to higher quality schools, but all within the same metro area. I. I don't think I know anybody who's moved to a whole different state and changed jobs. No, because I don't think people do in that. In order to right. get their kids better schooling. Right. But I also don't know anybody who's, like, there aren't a whole lot of people out there saying, like, I will happily pay more in taxes in order to get better education for my kids. It's very often, like, uh, I want to pay less taxes but, and you give me money so I can send my kid to yeah, a but, charter school. Yeah, but that being that being said, that being said, while we don't know of those things happening, right, of people moving states for better schools, when we're talking about better schools, you know, the difference between New York City or Westchester, we're talking about a, a qualitative difference, you know, a small qualitative difference, but surely a qualitative difference. We are now literally talking about a quantitative difference in the amount of schooling that these children are getting. That's that's not a thing that has ever happened before. And so I I wouldn't be surprised if people were suddenly like, holy fuck, like we are actually getting less schooling from being here. So like, well, what actually seems like 
Like, our children are just getting thing. fucked out here. But, like, a noticeable thing is that, like, parents now have to figure out uh, a daycare thing for the fifth Heck day of yeah. the week. Heck yeah! It charges is, the crap out of them. Which is expensive. Like, yes! Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know um, what impact that is having. Either daycare, or if your child is older, you want them enrolled in some enriching program that they're going to do on Friday or Monday now well, because I'm of saying, the day off. I'm, I'm moving outside it's, of like how enriched you want your child to be, which parents fine, do you can want, move outside but just of that. like straight practical matter of like your elementary school children now you know you work five days a week you're you don't make a ton of extra money um you're now put in this position where you have to figure out what to do with your kids uh it's it's gotta be super hard all right so i've got i've got the punchline for us now though are you ready for this this is is the second reading in this series and this comes from uh, Oklahoma News 4, okay? And the the headline here, this is posted uh, 6.43 p.m. January 1st, 2018. This is yesterday's article. We're only requiring the minimum of them, controversy over Oklahoma four-day school weeks. Okay, so this is a few paragraphs in. It says, four-day school weeks are a growing trend across Oklahoma, a state facing a crippling budget crisis and a teacher shortage. Last year, the number of districts on a four-day week nearly doubled from 51 districts to 97, or about 20% statewide. Randy Harris is with the school district and says last year they saved $180,000. Those savings come on items like transportation, substitutes, and utilities. Well, substitutes they need a lot of because they've got a fucking teacher shortage on top of this thing. So, good for them. Um, Because of the savings, the district could retain more teachers. In fact, they were able to reinstate art classes. But with Oklahoma schools ranked in the bottom half of the nation, some state officials call it a tragedy. Um, What's shocking to me there is they saved $180,000 by cutting... Not the whole state, though. Well, okay, fine. So one... A single school district. A single school district. That still, to me, is like we don't know what the wicked budgets, ass low. We don't know what the budgets of these school districts. We don't know what the budgets of these school districts are, but that still seems wicked ass low and for lame cutting a full for day cutting a full day of school. I want at least well, a full mil. day of school per week. Per week, right? Like, for every student in every school in that district. Like, and I don't all know they got, all they got back was this fucking T-shirt, you know. Like, well, I lost a day of school. I don't know what the New York City budget is for all of its public school, but I bet you, if you cut a single day, not each week, but a single day out of the entire year for New York City schools, your savings I, would be in like at least ten million. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say at least four million, but you're probably right. It it probably is if you if you cut out you know February twelfth this year, which is a you know random Monday. I guarantee you're right that you you could save upwards of five million dollars just one day from the New York City budget. Yeah. Which okay. you know it's possible that these are just incredibly small. Uh, but they're also noting that their class sizes are ballooning, right? Because, like, I assume that the other thing that's happening is that they're having, like, 
actual school closures, right? They're having schools just totally worn down and closed and they, and they have less teachers. So, or fewer teachers. So they've got more students per classes. Like this is, this is a disaster. So the idea that this is somehow a stopgap measure, like, but like for example, if a hundred thousand dollars is a really, really big deal savings for them, I think they should just be petitioning some like Oklahoma-born billionaire. I don't know who's from Oklahoma that has a shitload of money, but if it sounds like if that's a really big deal, that Billy Ray Cyrus get on it. They. If they could find someone who's willing to like donate twenty million dollars to the Oklahoma school system, Warren Buffett, Jimmy Buffett, all the Buffets, do it. Warren Buffett's from Omaha, Nebraska. (laughs) Jimmy Buffett, I'm assuming, is from Florida. (laughs) That's what I was gonna say. Um, What was the third Buffett? I didn't. I didn't have a third. I just said all the Buffets Mm. or all the buffets or the buffets. Phoebe Buffet, get on there. But yeah, my my point is that like that it seems like there it's a huge problem and there's a that like they're strapped in a certain way where like some philanthropist could make a huge difference uh relatively easily. Like I mean some philanthropists could still make a huge fucking difference in like Puerto Rico relatively easily if they wanted to. Like they clearly don't want to. They, for whatever reason, they seem to be de-incentivized from doing these things. You know, I don't know. Well, maybe I think the Puerto Rico is actually a harder lift. To do with it. Uh, why do you say that? Uh, well, there's just like a lot of practically difficult things in Puerto Rico where, like, the government, if it was being, if it was interested in doing things in Puerto Rico, is much better equipped uh, to handling. The rebuilding of infrastructure there. Yeah. Whereas, like, uh, the Oklahoma school system just seems like a more manageable problem. All right, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's Hurricane Harvey them. Let's throw all our money at a uh, you know a state we can understand rather than Puerto Rico because you know as 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 the president said, it's an island. I mean, there's like water around it. You got. All well, these logistical that. problems. He phrased that in a dumb way, but it's, it, it's <laughs> no, actually absolutely true. The fact it is that true. it's uh, the geography of Puerto Rico does make did make the immediate relief after the hurricane really hard, um, which is like one of the reasons why like it's such a tragedy that the government has been sort of. Uh, the U.S. government has dropped the ball there because there's not fucking dropped like a, there's not relief organizations that are super well uh, structured to you know bringing back you know uh, an entire island's worth of infrastructure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Port- we Puerto fucking Rico. yeah we fucking lost out in Puerto Rico. Maybe we but can save the next generation of congratulations. Sooners. Florida on all your new <laughs> residents, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, because they they needed more. They wanted more residents in. Florida's not overpopulated. They're not overpopulated. I just don't think they they're what they're not doing anything for them, are they? I mean, there's not like any kind of you know well, relief I, or refugee effort there, is there? I I have no idea, but uh, you know, and I'm sure 
moving to Florida. They don't. They don't. don't we're, we're talking about another state that doesn't pay any taxes. So like. Is that true? I don't know much about Florida taxes. Well, they have no, uh, they have no state taxes. They have no like state income taxes. No state, so they're all property tax. Yeah, it's all property tax. But like, that's another reason why historically Florida schools are the laughing stock of the nation. See, I didn't know Florida schools were terrible. Oh, so Florida wait, schools are states terrible. with no state income tax. It's like New Hampshire, Florida, Florida. Texas. Texas. Those are the only ones I know. I think. Is there anything else? There might be. Not like Washington or Oregon, or maybe. mm. I would believe Washington over Oregon, but I don't know. I don't know if I trust it. Hmm. I'd also believe uh, Alaska if you told me Alaska. They like to play it loose and fast. Um, But while we're on this topic of of income taxes and state taxes. Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Texas, Washington, Wyoming. Jesus, that is a lot more than I fucking thought. Wyoming makes perfect sense to me. South Dakota. Alaska and Nevada make sense. Alaska. I feel like frontier states. Right. So that's why Washington, that's why Washington feels safer than Oregon. Like, you know, because it's, it's really is on the edge there. Texas is crazy. Yeah. They're just doing it wrong. Um, well, I guess if uh, if you just rent in Texas, you got a pretty good deal. I guess my this this was always my I understanding mean, about when when players wanted to play for Florida or Texas teams. It was like, players, why do you want to do that? Like the, the the those are loser squads, and it's like, oh no, you get to keep all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty sweet deal. Um, but it's probably I would bet that Texas doesn't have like. They might not have income tax, but like uh, your, I bet you there are states that have income tax, but have like crazy low taxes across the, uh, you know, including property tax. Like I bet you Colorado, you basically pay equivalently low taxes. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is some sort of like balancing out for certain states. Um, yeah. yeah yeah but so while we're on this topic of money and and how you spend money and how you lose your money um and 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 how the government spends your money on students mm-hmm. let's talk and this is something we've wanted to talk about for a while let's talk about how much the government actually does spend on students let's talk state about by state yeah the average the 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 state averages of how much it costs to educate one student per, per year. year. This is a per year average. So this this comes again to us from the Washington Post, um, and this was from Emma Brown in. Let's just go straight to the list. 2015. You want to go straight to the list? Wait, yeah. I wanted to do the opening paragraph just to give a disparity, real quick, okay. right off the bat. Okay, so U.S. states education spending averaged ten thousand seven hundred dollars per pupil in 2013, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. But that average masked a wide variation ranging from $6,555 per pupil in Utah and $19,818 in New York. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to give the lowest, the highest, and the average. So average is 10, sounds about, or 10.7, so let's call it 11, sounds about right. Highest is 20,000 in New York. 
and the lowest is a measly six five k in uh, Utah. Okay, I wonder what private schools cost in those different places. If they're like if in Utah, there are private schools that are like seven thousand bucks a year. Well, yeah, because as we've said before, a, uh, a an average New York private school for a student costs. $36,000, in That's New York. Average? Well, yeah, because I know that there are private schools that can cost as low as twenty-five and as high as forty-six. So I'm going to say that, yeah, you know, thirty, thirty-six, thirty-five is pretty much average. Um, so, uh, and we're already paying 20000 a kid. So, yeah, I guess maybe you get away with seven, eight, nine grand for... Well, I'm curious. Even a, even a good private school in Utah, maybe. May, I have no idea. Maybe. Fuck out of here. We don't know. Um, but so going straight to the list now, as Jillian wants, drum roll. Top spenders among states and state equivalents, the Census Bureau term for D.C. Number one with a bullet, New York, as we know. Number two, Alaska, 18175 I wonder if a big part of that is like transporting kids the cost of that like you know when they talk about with like medical stuff in Alaska is so costly because a you know uh, they have to like helicopter people and stuff like that yeah uh, so I mean like, this I is I wonder if it's that you have to set up transportation systems for kids to come at a great distance yeah I mean this is this is this is something I want to get to later but like well, let's take a break from the list and do it now anyway so like going back to our Oklahoma discussion like a lot of costs for schools besides, you know, teachers and the buildings themselves comes down to those day-to-day -day things, right? Like transportation for students, um, like feeding the students if you have lunch or even breakfast programs, heating like amenities, buildings. right? Heating the building. So if you're in Alaska, right, the fuck does it cost to heat the building? Like, that's got to be crazy. And you've got to amortize that out for each student. So that's that's going to come out to a pretty penny. Um what else? I mean, then there's Maybe materials. That's why Utah is so cheap. They just they don't. Well, I guess it gets cold in the winter in Utah. Yeah, it gets pretty cold. I just think of it as deserty. Friggin' Park City. Um. All right, number three, District of Columbia, seventeen seventeen thousand nine hundred fifty-three. Number four, New Jersey, makes a good bit of sense, seventeen thousand five hundred seventy-two. Number five, Connecticut, sixteen thousand six hundred. 31. Now they have a map. I want to I want to draw Julian's attention to the map and you all can look this up at home if you want. They have a map. Uh it's the most unattractive map I've ever seen in my entire life. It's basically a beige pinkish map. It's it's really disgusting and it shows almost no gradation from state to state because of how like beigey it is. Um, but you can really see a cluster of where the where the dark red is that they're they're trying to hone in there on. Uh, can you can you speak to that cluster where the most is being spent? Um, it's pretty much a tri-state area, a little bit into New England, um, yeah. and a bit down the coast. It's the Northeast. It's the Northeast, right? You, you can, can like exclude New Hampshire and Maine and Pennsylvania and Maryland. Yeah, just like seeing it, you you already know like it's got it's got Vermont in there. They're throwing some Vermont in. They've got Massachusetts. They've got D.C. Um, but yeah, like you can see without any like we're not putting any judgment on it. But it's the Northeast, and then Alaska, like yeah. pretty pretty cool. And then like 
really the entire rest of the country is just this swath of like almost faded Pepto-Bismol except for like Wyoming for some reason I wonder if it's the same as like Alaska where they have to uh, transport kids a great distance and they're just like shelling out for that makes sense okay I'm curious so when like uh, you know there are gonna be if there are ever gonna be states that for high school do like distance learning things like if Oklahoma does a thing where they do you do three days a week in class and then you do two days of distance learning every week to cut costs or something like that yeah I mean they're they're uh, I think they're getting closer all the time with uh, you know with the I don't want to say with like online colleges because obviously those are a sham but I know that when I went to school I did take a number of classes online um, and so I think that 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 ability is getting more refined all the time and how it can be done and I think it's just a matter of you know fine-tuning it for high schoolers um, with internet access of course mm-hmm. assuming their internet access hasn't been throttled by net neutrality by then you know yeah god I'm knows not... what state we'll be living in um, but off topic sorry off yeah. brand I feel though like I know I'm sure wherever they start experimenting with distance learning stuff people will throw a fit and talk about how terrible it is and whatnot but I, I imagine that there is actually a way to to do it right and maybe to do it to even improve on stuff now now granted I wouldn't cut any you know face-to-face stuff but if I was running my own school district I might like push to do like you have your like six hours of school in person and then you have like three hours at home of like distance learning activities like seminar distance learning seminars or whatever uh i don't know that i think would be worth experimenting with i know i think i think homework can sometimes be an ineffective way to homework's homework's pretty ineffective but i think that the issue with that often comes down to a similar thing with homework which is about like self-motivation Right, and I think that you're right that there is a power to the distance learning, and that there can well, be. Well, like if they're taking attendance, and like it's something that requires your participation. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess if you it's can't a thing of just that watching a lecture, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. Kids I think I was totally thinking of it more like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like watching a lecture, or reading three articles, and like they can prove that you've like you know like actually opened the documents and read the they can't say you've read the articles yeah, but they yeah. can you know they can force feed a certain amount of that stuff but yeah i guess if we're talking about like you know using you know skype or facetime like systems and making sure that you know people are actually logged on and actually attentive and and participating then yeah yeah could be done yeah I don't know. Even like uh, chat room style things of like a led discussion by a a teacher on like topics of I don't know. I'm just saying there there's I think room it always, to experiment with it that definitely sort of I, I'm glad you brought up that people would people would be, you know, sort of bruised by it at first. Mm-hmm. Um because that's definitely a thing and I know that uh you know, as a trope in, in cartoons when we were growing up, there was always this notion, and like science fiction, that 
someday, you know, Rosie the Robot would just teach your kids, right? And it would be, or it's a helmet that you put on and you just get instant learning and that, you know, that that was never going to be an actual thing, right? Like the Matrix. Um, but I, I would think, totally opt for the Matrix but style I think, of learning. I, You know what? People say it's the journey and not the destination, but I would totally skip the journey of like learning a language. If I could instantly download something. Fucking languages again. We're back on languages. Um, but but right. I think... Karate. I, I would also totally take karate instead. <laughs> with, with Lawrence Fishburne yeah. in a dojo? I don't even need to do the fighting thing afterwards. He just gets karate downloaded. Oh, he just downloads it. You're right. Or kung fu, I think, is what he says he knows. But Krav Maga. Whatever. Jeet Kune Do. Um, I can say these words, too. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, but I think the, I think the one show to really get it right, uh, see if you can follow me on this one, was The Venture Brothers, where they had, uh, they had education beds. And they would get into their bed, and then the the uh, the canopy would like come over them, and then their their father would be teaching them a lecture, you know, on screen and and through audio, and uh, and after years of having this experience, Dean one day says to the other brother, whose name I now forget, um, you know, like, hey, yeah, it's just like in the beds, like, don't you remember? He's like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, I wear a sleeping mask to go to sleep. It's like, he just hasn't been getting the lectures this entire time. It's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like, you have just been zoned out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's always been the fear with that kind of, like, futuristic technology about, like, distance learning and about, like, not being in the classroom. It's not just us teachers being greedy and wanting to make sure we have job security forever. You know? Yeah, but you guys hold on to tenure, like, uh, I don't know, something that grab something very tightly. I don't know. Koala on a branch. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into the tenure stuff on this episode necessarily, but I'm not the person to talk to about tenure. Like, I, know, you I don't think like there's tenure. any reason, I don't think there's any reason that third grade teachers should have tenure. Should they have job security? Sure. But tenure is insane. And that's not what tenure was designed for. And it's absolutely a, a, a crippler on our system. Well, the thing is, like, the teachers' union is one of the few powerful unions left. But it's also not as powerful as people make it out to be anymore. Like, it, it mm-hmm. gets it gets a rep for being powerful, but it also caves on I think it's, it's powerful so as much. a voting block, I guess. Like, it's powerful yeah. for politicians. It's not super powerful in terms of, like, its ability to negotiate. I give you. I give you another. I give you another pop culture one for for a second. So when's the last time teachers went on strike? Well, wait. This is about yeah. that. This is about that. So, uh, in the I I want to say it's the first season, the first season or second season of House of Cards with uh, Robin Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teachers do go on strike, right? And there's this whole thing with Frank Underwood, you know, battling with the teachers' lobby and whatever. And they're striking outside of a gala that he's throwing. I'm not sure what it's for, but his his way to to win them over and to sway the teachers is to say fuck the lobby and like fuck these lobbyists. Let's bring food out to these teachers. They've been out there picketing for hours, and they just start bringing food and beer to the teachers. And you've never seen a voting block cave faster than these teachers. What I just love is that the depiction of teachers in, you know, in the national zeitgeist and in pop culture is that like, oh yeah, they are fucking adamant about their pensions and their tenure, 
but hand them a beer and a plastic cup and some ribs and like they will give it all away well i think part of the thing of like the the reason that like uh a teacher is in this like weird position where uh they have to be where they feel they need to be protective of those things is that like they're this you know, they're they're government employees but they're treated differently like in they're that like that they are subject to uh in some ways the whims of like whoever gets voted into office well yeah in a way i'd that say feels somewhat unfair yeah i'd say they have to be worried about this because yeah. look at the look at the issue we were just talking about with oklahoma right oklahoma in some fucking backwards ass move decided years ago that instead of valuing days in school they would instead count the number of hours in school and this was somehow the legislative gateway to allowing them to eliminate an entire week of the an entire day of the school week because they then added one hour each day to the existing four days and said well like somehow we made it up because instead of being in school for you know 36 hours or uh, instead of being school for five days a week you're still in school for 36 hours a week like even though it's not the same number of days and so so yeah tax cuts are suddenly suddenly affecting your 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 livelihood and your job in that kind of you know real sense way like they could be cutting your fucking health insurance and your salary based on you know losing a day of work even by adding an hour like fuck out of here they have to be like protective and scared because people are coming for their jobs all the time we haven't even gotten to the low list on the low list we've got utah idaho arizona oklahoma and mississippi and i'm not even gonna bother reading out the numbers because the whole point is that they only go from six thousand to eight thousand because everybody but the top five per year per student per year but everybody on the top five is in the teens and the 20s and everybody else, right? The other forty-five about a states. Third of what the top five spend, right? Each of the that like the top five spend three times as much. The as top the five, spend five spend three times as much. Yes, yeah. as what the bottom five spend. But not just the bottom five. I just told you about the whole the whole map. The whole map is beige, right? Well, the the the, the, av- the, the average is you know the average 10, is ten thousand, right? Yeah. The average is ten seven. So yeah. Everybody has to be spending, you know, lower than 13 to make that average work out. That's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. That kind of disparity should make teachers afraid and should make everybody fucking afraid. Also, if, you know, you want your kids to get a good education, uh, move away from those states. Yo, move out or, of those states. Listen. Vote to uh, to prioritize education, and also like vote for tax increases. It's the only way. Um, no, really, do do vote for tax increases, but, but also find for, this state if you plan on having children in the next few years. You know what? Find if, this map. Also, um, you know what you vote for nationally, whatever. Like uh, the. The amount of your federal taxes that go towards education is pretty limited. But statewide, you know, in statewide elections, you know, vote for people who are not going to 
totally destroy your tax base. You know, paying an extra thousand dollars a year could make a huge difference in the quality of education that your kid gets in a way that's not replaceable um, without spending, you know, $15,000 outside. Not at all. Not at all. Anyway, um, we'll see if this experiment in Oklahoma works out and these are the smartest kids ever. We'll see. Apparently, according to some of the stuff I've read, it, Oklahoma is not going to be the only one experimenting with this. Like, it's it's going to be the, you know, the plain states are just going to take this on. and. Well, frankly, we have what is our school year is 180 days, 188 days. Yeah, it's at right? least a minimum of 180. And I Which do think many go to 188. Based on having your kids available to help you... Uh, harvest crops frankly like in a lot of the world they have like a 240 day a year school schedule like Mm -hmm. i I don't see i think you know this is obviously going in the opposite direction i would if they were doing four days a week but then having kids go to school through the summer i think that would be a really interesting experiment and possibly you know better well well, Julian, since we're talking about the unions and we're talking about days in school, that oh, is yeah. that is something that had been considered years ago, the idea of having year-round schooling or even having sort of an on-off system where uh, some students were in school for certain months while others were out and then it swapped. Oh, so, just and a, so, so, so schools just were a, running Schools were running permanently, not, yeah. right. And the only issue with the on-off thing was that when you'd have siblings that were on, but then their their or a child is on, but their sibling is off, and how do you make a vacation work? But anyway, the point is, is that both of these things got completely squashed because the union was just like, "Fuck One you." One of the big benefits for teachers has been for a has long been time summer, that they, right. yeah, and I think loads of te- I would say the majority of teachers go into teaching because it's what they're passionate about. But in addition to that passion for teaching, there's also things about the profession that are appealing, one of which is that you do get a large summer break and like that it's not fair for people who went into the profession with that being part of the consideration for them to be interested in holding. Well, it. and forget fairness because some people take it as a summer break, but because it is a low paying job, as we know, historically... Some people go into it also with the understanding that that's going to be a second income. So, for example, I have worked every summer since I became a teacher. Even before I became a teacher, I worked every summer Painting at fences. summer camps. No, at summer camps. So, if if my school told me, hey, Gabe, you're going to work year-round from now on. They would need to make up that. They would income. need to make up, yeah, another, yeah, find me another 15000 and we're, we're good. Cool. Let's yeah. talk. Though, like, what if they said to you, you're only going to have to teach four days a week, but you're going to teach year-round? Would even... Doesn't change it. Doesn't even change it for a wink for me. Okay. So, like, you can't even co- though you'd have you an equal amount of time off. Fuck you. You can't even cut my salary by 3% if you're going to give me some shit like that. Like, uh-uh. Like, Wait. you can decide... Well, first of all, they're adding. They're going to add an hour. If you're Oklahoma, they're going to no, add no, no. An hour but I'm saying this day. is our experiment. This isn't the Oklahoma thing. This is all like, right. Talk to me. I come to you and I say, Gabe, we've been running our school this way. We actually think, from a lot of studies and whatever, having 
kids not take a huge summer break is far more beneficial to their development, blah, blah, blah. Principal Ambler, I agree wholeheartedly. We we do not want to make you work more days than you are currently working. We were thinking of maybe doing a four-day-a-week schedule, but it goes closer to year-round, as in, like, there's only a month break in the summer. Uh, You're not going to be... So there is a month break still, because that was going to be my first question. So there is something. Currently, currently you have what, like... Two, two months. Two, two months. months. Let's call it two. Um, Many get two. Yeah. So, but let's not say it's a month because a month is too much. You're you're already giving away too much. If you want to have summer year round, or if you want to have year round school, it's got to be a two week break in the summer, the same way it's a two week break in the winter or a two week break for right. spring break. But let's say we do. It's like every quarter, every season. There's a two. Every break. season, there's a two week break. But you know, uh, it school is year round. Uh, it's worked out with the number of days. Let's say it works out if you do four-day weeks. It works out so you're not working a single extra day all year. We understand that it makes it harder for you to take on a second job, but this is really what we think benefits the students, and we're not actually asking you to put in any more days. Are you open to that? I'm good to go. You're good to go. I'm good to go. If you're still going to give me a break, if you're still going to give me... But that's not a break that you can get another job in, right? Like you, it. I mean, you might be able to find a job for two weeks, but like, that's not gonna be a reliable thing or something that boosts your income in the way that a summer camp job does. Yeah, I know, but I also just got a three day weekend for the entire goddamn year. No, yeah. Can you? Can I you would, imagine? I would, I would go for it. Like but... I'm, I'm saying. So for me, so for me, when I'm thinking about something like that, I'm factoring in the notion of like, first of all, I'm gonna be so stress free for like that whole year now, right? Ad ad infinitum, right? Ad nauseum, uh, however long we go, because I, I only have to go Monday to Thursday or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and and I, I, to me, you can't replace that kind of, you know, alleviation and that kind of like mental and spiritual and physical well-being with anything else. Like that's huge. Well, you heard it here, folks. I think we've solved it. Yeah. Uh, we have to figure out the daycare issue of like, you know, I, I guess though – if, if all your kids, though, you don't have to figure out some way to take care of them over the summer, whatever money you are spending on sending them to camp or whatever, I'm sure yeah, this... you change your schedule, loads of programs open up where it's Oh, my like, God. Are you, you kidding? Kumon, Kumon, Kumon just transitions from being a, you know, after-school program to just being Fridays only and suddenly their whole day and... They're raking in the dough, well, the same way they were with after school anyway, but like, Well, yeah, yeah I'm just saying that, like, you know, what you've done is you haven't actually taken away from the amount of days that someone has to figure out daycare for their kids. You've just spread it out in a way where, like, the market will respond to that and figure out. it. There might be a couple bumpy years of, like, people There'd be a couple to... bumpy years. The other thing... But, I would say some districts should experiment with it. Obviously not Oklahoma because they don't have the money to do it, but I, or even a private don't school. Don't go to Oklahoma. A private school, I, I would be. I don't think I don't think I would ever send my kids to private school just because I went to public school. I really liked public school. I would try to send my kids to a good public school, um, but. Uh, if there was a if I was looking at private schools for whatever reason, if I lived in a city that really didn't have good public schooling options, 
if they were like, well, this is actually the way we do it. We just do quarterly two-week breaks and kids don't come to school on Friday. That that alone would make me super attracted to the school. I'm attracted already. I'm going to tell you the secret reason why why unions and teachers automatically will bristle bristle at something like this and will say no way, never never whatever is they they are first of all they're 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 living in the stone age, right? And they're traditionalists and they they just want to keep things exactly the way they are cuz they're so afraid of letting go of an inch that they believe in the slippery slope theory that you know the next thing it'll be a mile. Right. Well, the problem and is that they they'll they get do, worried. They, they would do. get worried. They would get worried, Julian, that if you're making a year-round school, then they would automatically start thinking, well, like, how does this affect the school year? Like, does the school year still go September to September, or does it do? Does it now go January first to January first, or December thirty-first, or like, does it do this? Like, because you are get those to concerns. Well, because because the fact is, is that once you start playing, you get to play as much as you want. But if that, that's the thing is they, they would get worried that that would lead to something, some unintended consequence down the line that they couldn't foresee and that they would get, you know, frazzled about. I'm not well, saying it's I, an unfair concern given, given the way our system works, but... What I would say, though, without knowing too much about the teachers' unions, um, it does seem to me like they have allowed incremental slippage of, like, wages and other protections and they and I feel like uh, being stricter on those things and then more flexible with like new ways of experimenting with the school year is just overall like strategically smarter both because it allows schools to potentially improve and it removes uh, teachers unions as like this enemy that uh, politicians get to rail against and then you know but also protects what is the most important thing which is like the teachers get paid hey, a reasonable I, amount of money I, I agree they've been slipping for years and that's my thing my thing is just that they uh, I think as a whole they are avoidant to progress and to evolution and what you and I as a an associate here, as a an accessory to murder, uh, are proposing is progress, and is evolution, and is change with the times, and change with the times scares people. Which also, I feel like if part of the reason that you get like uh, you know that the charter school stuff gets traction is that uh, they have a greater deal of flexibility than public schools do, right? That the that people are made, able to make the argument that things like teachers' unions and whatever keep public schools from being able to, like, experiment with new yeah. things. Yeah. And then, uh, and, like, that is a very fair criticism that cloaks, you know, attacks on public schools. And, like, I, I do think that there's... I don't know. It would. I would really hate it to see. Um, I don't know. Public schools like the Oklahoma public school system get cannibalized because. Well, that's not getting cannibalized because of inflexibility. That's getting cannibalized because. People they voted for taxes. the wrong people. Yeah. Sorry, you did it wrong, Oklahoma. That's anyway, what we're ending on. 
We'll see you guys later. Um, <laughs> Thanks for joining us. and uh, Happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy MLK Day. As always, uh, please do uh, write into the show at dullcrans uh, at gmail.com. Uh, dot gov. Not dot gov. Uh, not yet. We'll get there someday. And uh, please do uh, listen and recommend us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other sites and shit. And uh, write a review and uh, log your friends on, too. Cool. Thanks, guys.